1: and as we seek to point Christ to those
0: who are lost and struggling.
1: Today we're wrapping up a series of shows in which we looked at the world through the lens of faith. And we did this by taking a current event from the headlines and pulling it apart using the unchanging prophetic truth of the Bible. Our intent was to demonstrate some of the questions we should be asking in our everyday dealings with the world. And I think it's been a thought-provoking journey. We began with an ESPN commentator who prayed on national TV when an NFL player had a heart attack on the field. We talked about a new law in Georgia which affirms the right of parents to raise their children. And we marveled that things are so perverse in our culture that we actually need a law to affirm the rights and responsibilities of parents to raise their children. We talked about a man named David Zirin who attacked Coach Tony Dungy, personally, because Coach Tony Dungy had the audacity to support the Right to Life march in D.C., and we talked about a police officer in Georgia who resigned after coming under pressure from superiors because he expressed his views on biblical marriage. All of those shows are available on any podcast app at kkht.com or at courageouschristianity.today just by searching... Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelo and that's me. So today we're going to wrap things up, and I'd actually like to wrap them up using another story from sports, because this story to me just absolutely tells us how we should behave, what we should expect. It just kind of sets expectations for uh, what it is to walk in this world. Before we talk about that, I'd like to pray with you. Please bow your heads unless you're driving, in which case drive carefully, but please pray with us. Heavenly Father, we ask you to grant us understanding, strength, and also compassion. Let us not be lost to the perspectives of this broken world. Let us not lean on our own understanding. In all things, Lord, help us to submit to you, to your word as written in the Bible, and to your ways as lived out by your Son, Jesus Christ. We know he is the expression of your unfailing love, the way, the truth, and the light. We ask you to help us to follow him. And so, Father, as we ask you to help us to be strong and to be wise and to speak the truth, not as we see it, but as you have given it to us, help us to be active and effective, each of us finding the place in your church, where we have been made to contribute according to our gifts, so that all we do will be glorifying unto you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And friends, that voice is my lovely wingman and wife. Wedded wingman? Yes. wingman and wife, Christy Say that fast three
2: times. <laughs> yes, it'd be pretty hello. difficult. <laughs> it's hello, everyone.
1: So listen to this awesome story taken from the National Hockey League. The man's name is Ivan Proverov, and I'll say up front, if I don't do justice to that Mr. Proverov, I apologize. So, Ivan Proverov refused to participate in recent pre-game warm-ups where players wore pride-themed jerseys. They also had to use hockey sticks that were wrapped with rainbow pride tape. And Mr. Proverov said this, I respect everyone. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. Yep. And so, friends, as we've said over the last couple of weeks, just make I statements. You don't need to say you're this, you're that, you're the next thing. You just make I statements, and Mr. Proverov said that beautifully. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. So, I believe Mr. Provorov is an Orthodox Christian and um, takes his faith very seriously. And since he said that, two things have happened. Number one, his jersey has sold out on absolutely every outlet everywhere. Except
2: for a few women's jerseys. Women's which extra smalls. One. Oh, okay, then that won't work. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'll buy you one. And um, I'm going to start calling him Ivan, even though we're not really friends That'd and I don't really know be him because it's just easier. <laughs> and so Ivan's jerseys are sold out everywhere. And I'd like to ask in a minute, why that is. Mm. And the other thing is he has been vehemently attacked by uh, some media commentators. For example, this uh, man by the name of Sid Sixiero slammed him and his Russian Orthodox faith by saying this. Nobody scares me more than a human being who says, I'm doing this because of my religious beliefs. So apparently, Mr. Sid hasn't got out very much. Uh, A lot of people scare me more than somebody who has the integrity to stand and make an I statement and say, this is my faith. Yeah. He actually went on to say, Because when you look at people's lives who normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw, he repeated, and I've seen that a million times in a lot of different ways, so don't give me that. With respect, and I'm not sure where the respect is, don't give me that because no one's perfect. Don't feed me the religious beliefs line and all of a sudden the NHL is going to back off this. So Yeah, I'm
2: not really sure what he's saying there.
1: <laughs> uh, I think he's just a very angry person. And what seems to have made him angry is that somebody would stand firm in faith and say simply, that's not for me. Specifically, I'm going back here in the story, I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. Friends, just think of the power in that. If we just say, My choice is to do this. So there are some other attacks. One guy said he should go back to the Ukraine or go fight in the uh, Ukraine-Russia conflict. Um, But he should leave the U.S. because he needs to either leave the U.S. or get on board. And
2: Yeah, that's the one that gets
1: me the most. Well, it all gets me. And Yeah,
2: well, yeah, they all get me. But to say to go fight in a war because you've stated your beliefs... Uh, Just perplexing.
1: Right. So we would like to be angry. And up front, I want to say this. Anger does not fulfill the righteousness of God. Intentional prayer, study, thought, and action according to the Word of God, as revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ, does. Amen. We can model ourselves after Jesus. We can follow after Jesus. And another thing, God works through us. When our thoughts, words, and actions are righteous, he is glorified, and his will is done. When our thoughts, words, and actions are according to the ways of men, reactive and contradictory to the word of God, his name is blasphemed because of us, and the enemies of God are vindicated. So we're not talking about being angry here. And throughout this series, we've repeated our sincere intent not to bash anybody. Right. Our intent was simply to open an honest, scriptural, and productive exchange that helps all of us to make sense of these perverse times and to walk effectively and compassionately in what has become an insanely lost world. And uh, if having some humor at the expense of that very angry Mr. Sid is wrong, then I apologize for that. Uh, It just comes out like, uh, at Shakespeare, quote, the lady does protest too much, methinks. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like you should be asking, why are you so angry? So let's start with that question. Why is that guy so angry?
2: Well, that I couldn't begin to, to know. But, I mean, if I'm pondering it, I would think that um, you said something earlier, stand firm in faith. And I think when we know who we are and whose we are, and I've said this on one of the other shows in this series, then we can stand firm in faith and nothing much shakes us. But when we don't stand firm in something, then the world beats against us and we t- we're offensive. We, we take offense, we're defensive. Um, we're not, um, you, you know, I think you and I were talking about this. When you come to someone who's, uh mature um they you know kind of like things kind of roll off their back, so to speak right and and because they know who they are and whose they are, they stand firm, they're grounded, uh they're sturdy, they're steady, and they walk tall, uh whereas when you don't it's it's like everything can be an attack, and so you're kind of you're in defense mode,
1: yeah, my sister said something totally interesting. We were talking uh, recently, and her sons are both into jiu-jitsu, and she was saying that when her oldest boy has to roll, uh, and that's what they call wrestling, has to roll with an adult who's a white belt, so just beginning, she really doesn't like it because she's found them to be overly aggressive, and they'll do dangerous things and use dangerous holds, and... On the other hand, when her son rolls with an adult black belt, she doesn't worry, because here's a guy who's been around, he's seen a, a zillion fights, he knows how it all works, where to put the pressure, how to move things along, how to let the the uh, the youngster learn. And the point that she was making is that sometimes people who are new in their faith, i.e., The adult white belt are either easily shaken or they protest too much or they think it's about words and uh, getting angry and and yelling at people.
2: What I hear in that is they have something to prove, whereas the one who's more mature in their faith or more mature in jujitsu doesn't have anything to prove. And I think ultimately what I heard about the, the black belt is that he's leading.
1: Absolutely. So, friends, uh, we're going to talk about that more when we come back, and we're going to revisit the question that I was asking about uh, Ivan Provarov's jerseys. Why are they all sold out? Stay with us.
0: Hello,
2: everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show, And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
1: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are wrapping up our series on current events where we have taken over the last couple weeks a different current event out of the news, and we've looked at it through the lens of faith to see what we can learn And we've asked questions, and we've had discussions, and the point was to show how we can do that every day in everything, and we should do that. Scripture should be the first place that we go. Otherwise, we just become a part of the problem, as opposed to being able to stand firm in faith, knowing that we are representing God and the ways of His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are talking today, as we wrap things up, about the NHL hockey player, uh, Ivan Provorov, a Russian Orthodox Christian who uh, refused to participate in uh, Pride Night events uh, before a game, which the team, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, went on to win. And uh, he has been, uh, on the one hand, roundly criticized by some very angry men uh, who are uh, sports writers and so forth, who've said... uh, that he should go to the Ukraine and fight with uh, the Russians, and they've also said uh, other ugly things about him. And at the same time, his jerseys have all sold out. Right. So uh, we were talking a little bit at the break, and Mike had a thought about uh, this guy named Sid, who is just Mr. Angry. Uh, Mike, why is he angry? Well, maybe it's because – maybe it's out of fear. More about that. Why is he afraid? I don't know. Maybe it's something he can't grasp or he doesn't want to grasp. You know, we talked a a while back, remember, about accountability. Mm. And sometimes Christians don't want to talk about the warrior Jesus because that Lord is somebody to whom we are accountable. And so we prefer to focus on the Lamb Jesus who isn't so hard to get along with and lets us do in our little twisted minds what we want to do. Yeah. Maybe that guy's just afraid of accountability. Maybe so. Well, folks, I think that might be the first time Mike has talked on the show, and it's a very welcome voice because he's smarter than he looks. (laughs) Thank you, Rich. I'm just kidding. We we love having you. We love Mike. He's our producer, and I was told that I had a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. So... Uh, Mike's in the radio <laughs> business also. Um, okay. Hey, so
2: I want to go back to that. I, it he, just really sounds like, and um, when you think about fear, uh, it is, is what is he fearing? And so if this person is fearing something, he's afraid, right? And so what is he afraid of? He's afraid of probably being offended by something. And we live in such a world today where people are just offended by, And so that's why I think he potentially was angry, because he's taken offense.
1: Well, maybe he is terrified of not going along with the mob, because he doesn't want his uh, show to be canceled, because he doesn't go along with the mob.
2: then there's that, too.
1: So he's going down the road where any uh, publicity is good publicity, even if he sells his soul to do it.
2: That's... And for me.
1: And I'd rather have <laughs> a radio show canceled right. while I'm speaking the truth yeah. than go along with the mob. I'll tell you, there's a lot of mob mentality going on in this story. Because on the one hand, and I'm kind of answering the question out of turn about the, why are the jerseys all sold out. But here's a thought that I have. People don't speak out until they see which way the mob's going. And so Ivan speaks out, stand firm in faith, wasn't ugly about it, just a grown man, a black belt in his Christian faith who says, uh, my choice is to be true to my religion. And then these people who have wanted to speak out but didn't speak out see an opportunity and they voice their opportunity by buying all his jerseys.
2: Yeah, I think people want to be led.
1: I think we and so folks I really I think this is a very big deal because if Christians are being passive and if we're being pushed around the spiritual battlefield by these bullies who are just basically scared to go against the mob and we need leaders we need courageous uh Christians to say I am going to be true to my religion. And you be you, but I'm going to be me. And your right to be you doesn't supersede my right to be me. And I think that's such a big deal. And so do you want to answer the question of why all his jerseys sold out, or are you happy with the answer? That was
2: my answer. People want to be led.
1: Okay. So so tell us what you think about that.
2: So when somebody stands up, i.e. Ivan. Right. Uh, they they see something. I mean, you've covered it. They see something in him that they they don't really ha- they haven't had the courage to do themselves, and they're gonna they're gonna follow someone, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So who, that's a good point. And
2: this lifts them up. If you really think about it, the hero's journey. People love stories around the hero's journey. They and not to say that Ivan's a hero, but he kind of have you can think about you know people who want to be lifted they want to rise up they want to um but they're afraid to do it on their own he is a
1: hero and and I love it and I love what you're saying uh absolutely true so we want a role model well I've got one for you
2: right exactly His name's Jesus Christ exactly
1: and he not only has a bunch of words written in red in the bible that really cover absolutely every situation But he demonstrated things for us. So last night, I was doing research for the show, and I decided that I wanted to get into the book of Matthew, and I wanted to see how many engagements Jesus had, right? Engagements, as in he comes toe-to-toe with some situation, some provocation, uh, a question asked to try and trap him. Right. And now we're going to be able to see how Jesus reacted, and then we'll model our future reactions on that. Exactly. Okay? All right. So I go through the book of Matthew, and up to chapter 20, where Jesus enters Jerusalem knowing that the end is near. So he went to Jerusalem knowing that the end was near, and that's our last... uh, Engagement that we're going to talk about. So there were 16 engagements that I decided were engagements. Uh, for example, the Pharisees may have asked him a question, you know, the, the religious um, mafia of the day. I don't know if you say that, religious mafia. Yeah,
2: it sounds interesting. <laughs> okay,
1: so they were um, the bullies, the religious bullies of the day. And... um Sixteen engagements, and so I classified each engagement as either Jesus did not avoid conflict, he avoided conflict, or he actually sought out conflict, okay? And I'll give you an example. In chapter 4, verse 1, the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, it says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So, the Spirit led him. He actually sought out that engagement with the devil. Fair? Yep. He didn't walk away from it. He didn't uh, avoid it. And um, we all know that he used Scripture. The devil tempted him three times, and three times he just spoke Scripture. A couple verses later, chapter 4, verse 12, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, it says, he withdrew to Galilee. So he avoided conflict there. He avoided people who would be grouping him together with John. Uh, He needed to collect himself. He would have wanted to pray. Uh, In another engagement, Jesus saw a crowd around him. He gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. So there, he avoided conflict again. So you see how this is going? Okay, here's another one. Uh, Then Jesus got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. I considered that when he's on the boat and the storm comes up, and he says to the disciples, O ye of little faith, uh, he didn't avoid that conflict. He actually... uh, calm the storm. So, in any event, I went through these 16 various engagements. He ate with sinners and tax collectors, even though the Pharisees were questioning the disciples about why. So, there he actually sought out conflict. The score, in the end, was he sought out conflict six times, he avoided conflict four times, and he did not avoid conflict six times. So, really close to 30% of the time, what am I saying here? What I'm saying is, Jesus, on whom we model ourselves, did not run away when there was God's work to be done, when there was a lesson to be taught and words to be spoken that were uh, loving, not necessarily nice. But loving. He called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. Right. Okay. Then some of the time he sought conflict. Why? Yeah. Again, because there was going to be something profitable gained from it. Yep. His father would be glorified. Truth would be spoken. And then some of the time when he realized this is just going to be silly, I'm not going to participate, uh, he, he went away. And And this is the Son of God. Right. So what I'm asking everybody to do is, if you read in the book of Matthew, you will see these different situations and start to think about why Jesus uh, went away or why he sought out conflict. And then that informs our lives. And since we're not Jesus, you know, probably most of the time we're going to walk away. But a lot of the time we'll engage. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Stay with us.
0: I was dying to
2: be free. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi friends, I'm Christy Mendelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life.
1: Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mandelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are or a friend or family member is struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about our current event series, which we're wrapping up, and it began with sports. It began with Pastor Brad Flurry in our first uh, episode, and he talked with us about an event involving Damar Hamlin, where he had a heart attack on the field, and uh, he had life support for nine minutes, and shortly thereafter, an ESPN commentator prayed.
2: Yeah, on air.
1: On the air, and uh, that prayer is actually being carried on uh, their website now.
2: Oh, that's that's and awesome.
1: And so the Super Bowl has been played, and I didn't watch it, but there were a a lot of stories this year about the NFL has become a place of faith and a place for people of faith who are not afraid to express their faith openly. Uh, We know both quarterbacks uh, were faithful men from some of the stories that I read. And so what I want to ask you is how did that happen Right, where a couple years ago, the NFL is kneeling for the American flag, which has draped the coffins of some of my friends, and so I quit watching the NFL then, and now it's become a place of open prayer and open faith. Yeah, And so you go back to the DeMar Hamlin story and uh, Dan Orlovsky praying. And so yet another example... Of a guy who just says, I'm going to be the man God wants me to be. Courageous. Instead of kneeling, he stands firm in faith and prays and brings a whole nation with him.
2: Yeah, well, going back to what I said about people want to be led and and think about this now, you know, um, people are stepping out in faith and people are following. Whereas before, and I don't know if they were, but when they were kneeling, people were following that. And so, you know, people will follow. It's a matter of, are we courageous enough to lead them in the way to the Father?
1: Well put. Um, You know, it reminds me, any time in the Marines, there'd be a bunch of Marines gathered, and somebody would come out and say, Okay, I need volunteers for a working party. <laughs> and everybody would try and get as invisible as they could because nobody wanted to get stuck with whatever was about to happen.
2: Yeah, the problem was he said working. If he'd said party, yeah. it would have been and different. And
1: then finally one marine will raise his hand. Yeah. And say, "I'll do it, Gunnery Sergeant." And the next thing, you know, three or four other people do it. Yeah. And so that's our opportunity here when they see in us something for valuable. Sure like we saw in uh, Dan Orlovsky and like we see in Ivan Proverov. And so in the first episode of the series, when we talked with Pastor Brad Flurry about it, and he's a retired Marine infantry officer with whom I was uh, stationed in Iraq, and he told us about the conversations he had with his family around the dinner table where they would just recount the events of their days— And he told us that as his kids talked about the various situations in which they found themselves, he would often ask them, where do you see Jesus in this?
2: Great question.
1: I love that question. So I can't think of a better question for us to ask in all of these situations as we try to decide, should we engage? Should we walk away? Or will we seek out conflict like Ivan did, when not with malicious intent, but neither uh, the desire to shrink from who God has called him to be, he says, I will be true to my religion. And so what better question than to ask, where do you see Jesus in this?
2: Yeah, it's, I, I can't think of another one.
1: Okay. Here's a thought that came to me as I was uh, putting the show together. And uh, I hope you got some Kleenex, because this is a story that will get your heart. I often—we know I fly all over the world, and I really do look at people. And I try to understand where their hearts are and um, what is it about us that uh, comes to faith— when we're called, and what is it about us that thinks that faith is separate from our lives. And I try and process all of these things. So I'm walking with the other two pilots, and we're getting ready to fly from Amsterdam to Houston. I'm in my pilot uniform. I'm pulling my case like the pilots you see. And in Amsterdam, customs is basically you just walk past this guy and hold up your passport, and you keep walking. Well, we get behind one of those concierge golf carts where people can ride on, and there's a lady with a couple boxes on the concierge golf cart, and then there's this man pushing a baby stroller that has two strollers. Uh, right. What do you call it? Side by side. Yeah. Okay. Don't know. Twins. So perhaps. I slow down so that they can go ahead of me. But before I do, I see these tiny little babies, and I, I think they must have been prematurely born because they were tiny. And so now I'm behind this man, and uh, the concierge who's driving the golf cart gathers up their passports and hands them to the customs officer, and he looks through them, and he looks at the people gathered, and then he says, where's the mother? And uh, the father's kind of stunned for a second there, and the customs guy says again, where's the mother? And the father walks to the golf cart and picks up an urn like you would put somebody's ashes in. Yeah, And he holds it up because he doesn't speak Dutch and the customs officer is speaking Dutch. Mm. And the customs guy is like shocked. And he just can't believe what's right in front of his face. And he won't let it go. And he says, where's the mother? Oh, wow. And so the father through the concierge, the guy who's driving the golf cart, says, here, this this is is the the mother. mother. She's in an urn.
2: Yeah, he doesn't get it.
1: And so, friends, I saw that, and now I'm walking to my airplane, a 700,000-pound airplane that we're getting ready to fly to Houston, and all I can think to do is pray. I got tears streaming down my face. I'm in my pilot uniform And I'm just praying to Jesus, because that's all I can think to do. My point with that story is, first and foremost, in all of these situations, people are struggling. People are hurting. People are lost. We're all in it. And if your heart can't go out to these people around you, even the person cutting you off in traffic, even the person who can't get their bills paid or is shoplifting or all of these things— This is a hard, sad world, and the first place that we should go is compassion and prayer. Yeah. That's the first place we go, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: And then in that prayer, we're buying time to sort out how we deal with this situation. Do we engage? Do we avoid it? Or do we seek out conflict and stand firm in faith according to the Word of God.
2: I think it's important to take those moments when you come to that conflict, whatever it may be, to, you know, take a minute, you know, take a breath, take a beat, whatever it is, to kind of assess the situation as you're talking about. And, of course, pray, and let that guide you going forward.
1: So... We're talking about whether or not we're going to engage, whether we're going to avoid conflict, or whether we're going to seek out conflict, and often it's about words. But the words that it should be about are the words that are written in the Bible. And friends, if you feel lost uh, in this world, and if sometimes you just can't get your arms around even how to feel, I promise you— If you go to the book of Matthew, for example, and you start reading in chapter 4, you will hear the love of Jesus, you will hear his voice, and you will see him across all these different situations, and they really are informative. Whether he is healing a man in the synagogue on the Sabbath right after he just had an altercation with the Pharisees, knowing that they're plotting uh, a way to kill him, and yet he's still provocative, and he heals the man, and then he schools them. And uh, whatever, you will find uh, guidance there. So it's often about the Word. It's often about words. And I do want to say this. We know that the pen is mightier than the sword, because words mean things, and words are powerful, and words control us. Words tell us, to obey the commands. And words tell us to obey what Jesus has taught us. It's with words that we know. So we have to choose uh, what we say, and um, we have to be careful. There's a scripture, James chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, which say, take ships as an example. Although they're so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So your tongue is that rudder. And things are going to go a lot in the direction that you've said. And my dad had a saying. He used to say, the reason why dogs have more friends than humans is because they wag their tails and not their tongues.
2: (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. And
1: so as Christians, we have to be very careful with what comes out of our mouths. And that brings us to the Chinese proverb, which I've said before, and I love it. And it says, I've often regretted opening my mouth. I've never regretted keeping it closed. Yeah, so, exactly. So, firstly, we're going to pray with a real heart for Jesus and for our fellow man. And then the next thing we're going to do is, if we're not sure, if we're not sure if we should keep our mouth shut or if we should speak, then probably keep our mouth shut and not regret it.
2: Well, when, when in doubt,
1: don't. When in doubt, don't. So... Stay with us. We're going to dig into when we engage and when we seek out conflict next.
2: Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jujitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on election day because they think their vote won't really make a difference, but what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We, here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to myfaithvotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ.
1: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're wrapping up our current events series where we looked at current events through the lens of faith to see what it says. And we are now to one of my favorite writers, and definitely one of Christie's favorite, A.W. Tozer. Yes. And he said this, Christianity engages to bring God into human life, to make men right with God to give them a heart knowledge of God, to teach them to love and obey God, and ultimately to restore in them the lost image of God in full and everlasting perfection. And so I use that to introduce the idea of how does that engagement happen? Because we've said sometimes we're going to walk away. If we're not sure, we'll pray and walk away. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Sometimes we're going to engage. How does that engagement happen? It happens through you and me. When we bring Jesus into every situation with integrity, according to the words of the Bible, and not some Burger King-type faith where we want to have it our way. Christy and I just spoke to a lady yesterday who said that what she has seen of Christians makes her want no part of Jesus. And uh, I think she's an absolutely brilliant person, And that's uh, upsetting to me because I want her to know Jesus. And uh, he is the truth, the way, and the life. And so we have to really hold ourselves accountable uh, in every situation. I think that's key. It's key. So a Christian is a person who follows the teachings of Christ. Either we follow or we don't. There's no, we do it a little bit. We're supposed to do it to the best of our abilities and hold ourselves accountable, and if we have a bad day, okay, then we'll do better tomorrow. But we don't pretend that things change because of us. And it doesn't mean that we focus on being nice. Nice means nothing on a battlefield. Jesus was God's son, and he was also a courageous warrior. He was the Lion of Judah. He spoke truth to power. He healed the sick. He comforted those in pain. He guided those who were lost. And he gave his life so that we could carry on in righteousness. He did that then, and he does that now, actively and faithfully through us. So as you ask, where is Jesus in this? He will be where we bring him, by our words, by our actions, and through our choices. And that's how we decide to engage when we can have a profitable engagement, where we have the credibility as men and women of faith, to stand there and let people see Jesus in us. And there's another part that Pastor Brad said when he was telling us about a conversation with his kids. He said to them, Is there a command to obey? Is there a sin to be avoided? Or is there an example to follow? So, when we say, where is Jesus in all of this, we start with the Word as written in black and white. Is there a command to obey? And the Word also tells us what sins to avoid. Resist evil. And then it says, is there an example to follow? And I promise you, in all that you see in this world, Jesus has given us an example. So, I get it. Right now, we see this perversity that is just pulling us toward the drain of civilization and it's very hard to deal with and we're not necessarily all going to have those ivan proforov moments where a man gets to stand up and say i have to be true to my religion
2: i think though maybe they're not big moments that are covered in the the press but right Everything matters, those little moments.
1: Amen. That's exactly where I was going with that. So it might not be some big moment, but where you are, all of these little moments, each of us. Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching. And that that really is true. Somebody's yeah. watching. But
2: you don't realize it. And you probably don't realize how many.
1: Exactly. So as we see that... Uh, perversity is pulling us all in this horrible direction and none of us really want to raise our hands and volunteer for the working party. (laughs) We have examples like Ivan Proferov. He wasn't ugly. He didn't make a bunch of you statements. He just said...
2: He stood strong in his faith.
1: He stood strong in his faith. So Dr. Martin Luther King said something that I love. He said, we are caught in an inescapable network of of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly, affects all indirectly.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: And so us raising our hands, even if it's just one little voice, and maybe now people see you, and then others are energized to come and stand with you, and then we're all speaking truth, and all of a sudden your jersey's sold out, Yeah. right? Do we need to get jerseys? Like, <laughs> I,
2: well, apparently there's, <laughs> there's not yeah, any.
1: The Richard Mendelow jersey.
2: <clears throat> oh, you mean for courageous? Hey, it's a yeah. good idea. We can do it.
1: So the answer is, in all of these things, we seek Jesus in a meaningful way, according to the words of the Bible, and then we strive to follow him as nearly as possible, he dealt with everything. He dealt with sexual perversity. He dealt with corrupt politicians. He dealt with religious hypocrisy. Think about this. John chapter 1, verse 11 says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yeah. So all things were made through him. And he came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him, but to those who did receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God.
2: I think it comes down to the opportunity that we have in in every situation, big or small, asking yourself, how can I glorify God in this situation? How can I shine his light? And knowing whether somebody's watching or not.
1: Amen. So a couple uh, lines from our other guests on the show. As we work toward the end, Pastor Steve Dennis said something interesting in one of the early shows, and he said that in these difficult conversations, Christians should not see them as conflict. Yep. And I thought that was a great quote. See them as opportunity. Absolutely. He said, it's not about us being right and them being wrong. And then Pastor Brad came on when he said, where is Jesus in all of this? And it's kind of like in kindergarten, where we said, it's not who's right, it's what's right. So, Uh, In another one of the shows, we asked the question, do you trust God? Because if you trust God, you'll trust his word. And Pastor Jeff Neal said something pretty serious when he said, God will force us to deal with that question. Yeah. Do you trust him or don't you? And so the reason why I asked if we trust God is because if we trust him, then we don't have to worry about the outcomes. Yeah. We don't have to worry about being right. Our main concern is in the process of our faith, which is being the people that Jesus wants us to be as we emulate him, as we follow him, as we raise our hands and say, make use of us, Lord. And my point is, if we trust God, we just need to follow after Jesus, to look for him in every crowd of opinions, and to take courage as we stand firm in faith. So, another quote that I wanted to bring up was our last guest, Jeff Egly, When he talked about discernment, he said it comes down to discernment, yeah. doing the right thing in the right way for the right reasons. So final thoughts from Christy.
2: I, I have to go back to in those moments, knowing that, man, I think I say this often, but everything matters. And again, it, the question to ask yourself, is this going to glorify God? And how am I going to shine Christ's light in, in my reactions?
1: Amen. I like it. Friends, that brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which says where the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Friends, we will all be judged. All of us one day will be held accountable. That's why the Bible says that the word of God is a double-edged sword. A double-edged sword cuts both ways. When I get upset about the lies that seemingly intelligent people speak, I have to be careful that my responses are right according to the Word of God. It cuts both ways. The inescapable truth is that the only behavior we control is our own. And since two wrongs can never make a right, and since we will be judged for our own behavior, we must agonize about doing the right thing according to the Word of God. If we're upset with someone or some group, and the basis of our upset is that their behavior or perspective violates the Word of God, how can we then violate the Word of God in our response to that behavior? The answer is we can't. It makes no sense. That is exactly the religious hypocrisy that Jesus hated. First and foremost, regardless of the provocation, without exception, we must bring our behavior into alignment with the Word of God. It's real. It's alive. And that's how we look at the world through the lens of faith. In every situation, in regard to what the world is doing, and in regard to our responses, we check in with Scripture first. And then we have the courage and the integrity to walk that out. And take heart. As you heard me say, Christians aren't in the outcome business. We're in the process business. We focus on the process of our faith according to the Word of God, and we leave the outcomes to God. That is faith. And that is Courageous Christianity. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, in Houston, Texas, or at KKHT.com, on your favorite podcast app, or on CourageousChristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.